My name is Colin Mitchell, and welcome to Sales Transformation, a daily podcast with the best moments from the most respected people in the sales world. The goal of this show is to give you a daily dose, weekends included, in 10 minutes or less to help transform the way you sell. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and now to David to tell you what you can expect in today's episode. It's time for some DIY. You know, last Monday, Scott Sambucci discussed the three stages of a founder's involvement in the selling process. And today, he and Colin will go deeper on the first one, which is Founder Everything Sales, where he talks about the importance of taking ownership and accountability to run your sales on your own first. Learn more in this latest episode of Sales Transformation. I love the breakdown of the three different stages there. Um, the founder, founder, everything sales, right? Let's, let's talk about that for yeah. a moment. Cause I'm just picturing kind of a person similar to what you described that, you know, maybe doesn't have a sales background, is a product person, maybe he's a marketer, maybe he's a financial person, like sales is not their core competency. Yeah. Those people are like sales is anathema to them. They're like, I freaking hate salespeople. <laughs> I don't exactly. want to be a salesperson. It's not even do they don't those, know how to do it. They don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do those people, you know, have success at that stage in order to get to the next stage? They self-select, meaning that the ones that don't do it fail. Um, they just fail over a longer period of time because they're just waiting for the product to do the selling for them. Or they go and hire some Rolodex salesperson who they think is going to be able to help them figure out the process. So the, the, the top 5% or 10% of founders who actually realize, okay, I don't like doing it, but it's so critical to the company's future that if I don't do it, it's existential for us. So it's really just a decision in their mind to say, okay, I must do this. And then just embracing the unknown, just like there's every, a lot of unknowns when you start a business yet. Another unknown is how to sell just like, if you're going to raise capital for the first time, like, I don't know how to raise capital. If I've never raised it before, I'm going to go figure it out because it's a necessary mm-hmm. component to growing the business. So really it's just a matter of making the decision and accepting the responsibility and the ownership to say, I must do this because if I don't, there will be no future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a must have if you want the business to survive. I think that, um, a lot of founders tend to try to avoid sales, uh, if they can. And, yeah. it's a, and it's a huge mistake. I mean, even if you're terrible at it and you suck and you've never sold before, you can't even bring somebody in and have them be successful. Uh, if you right. haven't at least given it a good effort and got it to a you know place where it's like, Hey, there actually is people out there that are willing to pay for us to solve this. Well, and that's, you know, I mentioned a little bit about being lucky with those three startups. I think part of it too, was just that I was with the right founders and maybe I just selected well and they selected well with me. But the first founder that I worked with is a guy named Paul Romer, who is an economist at the time at Stanford. He recently won the Nobel, the Nobel prize for economics. So he's very, very well known. But one of the things that was great about Paul is that even though he was an academic, we could work together in sales situations. And he could help me understand, okay, this is what professors are thinking about every day. And this is what the challenges of students are. And then I would bring him into sales calls. And he was totally open to that, even though he had never done sales before. He's a a top research economist in the world. And so just he had that mindset and he was comfortable 
with me putting them in uncomfortable situations where I'd say like, Hey, we're going to go to this conference. Can you work the booth with me? Can you sit in the suite for, you know, four hours at night where I'm going to bring professors up to talk to you? Because he was so focused on getting the outcome that he wanted by building the software and getting the outcome for the teachers and the, and the students that he was willing to do it. You know, the second founder, Mike Simonson, I worked with at Alto, same thing. Like he, he actually got the first 50 customers or so on his own. And his first customer, he told me he, he used, there's a, a cafe in Mountain View called Red Rock. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, well-known cafe. And he, that's where he worked for the first year doing calls on his cell phone, talking to people. And he told me about the first sale he got. He talked to somebody, he explained how it worked. And they were like, great, how much is it? And he's like, 50 bucks. You know, he just pulled the number out of, his, out of the air. And they're like, great, I'll take it. And he's like, awesome. And then the person said, um, so do you need like a credit card or something? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need your credit card. So he's like, wrote the credit card number down on a piece of paper. And then he had to figure out like, well, now I have this credit card number. Like how the hell do I process this? And this is back in like 2006, 2007. Yeah. So basically the only option was PayPal. So that that day he set up a PayPal account in order to process that transaction. But he like, he was a product person by trade. He'd never done sales, but again, he's like, I'm going to sit in Red Rock and do calls all day until I get some customers. And by getting those 50 customers, he got some revenue. He proved that the problem, the product was solving the problem. And then when he and I met, the first day I sat in the office with him and he's like, oh, we got a lead from the website. Let's give him a call. And he called them and had a 30 minute conversation. And it was a low price product. It was like a hundred bucks a month at the time. And at the end of the conversation, the people were like, great, let's do it. And he's like, good, let me get your credit card. Hung up the phone. And he looked at me, he goes, well, that's pretty much it. Like the first call yeah. I watched him do, I'm like, cool, I can do that. So that's the point, right? The third founder I worked with Blend at Blend, Nemec, I'm sorry. Um, he would literally be my partner in every sale. Like he would fly on site. He would pick up the phone. He would do basically anything I asked him to do um, to help us guide that through. And he would take ownership of certain parts of the sales process. He's like, okay, I'm going to work with the SVP at this bank. I need you to work with the operations people, figure out the workflows, and then we'll bring in the rest of the team and figure out how we're going to get this thing moving forward. So I, that's the case where I feel like I've been a little lucky because I've had that partnership and ultimately it comes down to ownership and accountability for those founders being willing to do that kind of work. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're enjoying the show, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And we hope that you'll tune in again tomorrow as we are here for you every day, weekends included, to help you transform the way you sell.